Lay. Sir. Yeah. Yeah. Kane is in the building. Nigga. Yeah. It's alright. Already the show goes on all night. Till the morning we dream so long. Anybody ever wonder when they will see the thunder? Just remember when you come to the show. And welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the always pressing PGA DFS podcast, previewing the 2020 Bermuda Championship in wonderful the Bermudas, the the islands, whatever you want to call them, all that good stuff. You can find me on Twitter at BDNTrick, the podcast at Always Press DFS, and my co host, as always, on Twitter at DFS Golf Gods. Jesse, how are we doing, man? I'm doing well. How are you? Not too shabby, not too shabby. Um, did you get to catch any of the Zozo this past week? I watched a little bit on uh, on Sunday. I watched I watched a little bit on Thursday and Friday too. I do believe. Um, so yeah, I mean it was uh, you know it, another fucking birdie fest, man. I, I I didn't expect him to tear it up. I, I think it. I think a lot of it had to do with the conditions. I yeah, there was you know some some rain. I guess in California is this true? It was more just overcast and misty. There was not any rain. No, gotcha. Oh. Well, I was hoping that was California. There's still fires. I was hoping that was the case that you guys got a little bit of rain there, but uh, yeah, uh, I I did watch you know JT on on Sunday a little bit there. Surprised that um, that he didn't win him or Rom either one, but a hell of a round by Cantlay to uh, to shoot seven under on Sunday and and get to pick up the W. Yeah, I was a little tilted because I remember saying specifically, at least if it wasn't on the show in the Slack chat, because we had a really good chat on Wednesday going over some ownership pivots and everything. And I know for a fact, I said Cantlay is projected to be low-owned, and he's been playing rough golf, so he's a great GPP player. Like, flat out is, because if he figures it out, there you go. He figured yeah. it out. I'm so it's just one of those, like, kind of frustrating ones where you know you see it, but you don't do it type thing. That happens a lot. We were just talking about football before this, so it happens all the time. <laughs> but, um, yeah, that was it was fun to see him do it. It makes you wonder now. Uh, JT, that's a couple events in a row now. He's had the 54-hole lead and couldn't close. Makes you wonder if uh, he starts getting the Rory stigma pretty soon. Because remember how many times they bashed Rory for never closing things out. But uh, I think JT might be a little more lovable. I don't know. He might get yeah. the, get the pass there. I was looking forward to uh, a JT Rom playoff. I think that would have been pretty electric. But would have been, that would have been fun. Um, he hit uh, just a really bad shot on sixteen. You know, it's, it's a birdie bull par five, and uh, he just straight up blocked a shot over into the. Actually, ended up in the water. He had to take a drop. Hit a hell of a shot to just make a par there. But, um, yeah, I, I mean, it just was. I guess it just wasn't his day as far as and to make enough birdies to win. Because I mean, fucking twenty three under par again. Or you yeah. know, I mean, it's just crazy. I, you know, I actually had a pretty. I thought I had a pretty good lineup. Um, <laughs> got all six of six through the cut. Yeah, and me too. Uh, what a week we had. <laughs> Saturday. On the back nine, they all collapsed like simultaneously, like taking triples and quads and just fucking right over the edge. And uh, so, and I just played one lineup and ended up not not cashing. And that's but that's the nature of like you know a no cut event. No you know, you can yeah. be up there and then all of a sudden not. Yeah, that's what we were talking about in the Slack chat because it was really frustrating that a lot of us had a lot of similar lineups because we were kind of doing strategy and everything, but we all had guys that were like five, six under going into the weekend. So in a regular field, you'd imagine those guys are all making the cut yeah. and then they all just completely just, yeah. yeah. Like we were, all, we had guys that were way up in tournaments at the end of Friday and yeah. I think they barely cashed coming to the yeah. weekend. It was just one of those, 
no cut finest. It's just yeah. what they do. Speaking of birdies, did you see that Rory led the field in birdies but finished 17th overall because of some uh, bogeys and doubles? And I really appreciate what he did because it looks like he was having fun on Sunday with uh, guys he usually doesn't play with very much because he teed off so early. But uh, he was rocking the hoodie, and I just I can imagine the tilt for the olds all around the world. <laughs> yeah, uh, I did not know the, the first part of that. I did see his hoodie that he wore, um, and uh, I, I I mean I still haven't found anybody who's against it. So still waiting for those people to come out of the woodwork. So I mean, to me, it's fine. You know, yeah, it's, just, it's just another pullover to, and, and you, and then also you get the added protection on your head. Yeah. And you know, maybe I have to protect my neck from the sun. Like just a thought. I don't know. Just, yeah. just little things like that. But uh, speaking of olds, how bad did Tiger and Phil look this week? Yeah, uh, you know it, it, they had a, a hell of a duel on uh, on Sunday. To how much I've never seen the bottom like four golfers in a tournament get so much TV time in my life. Yeah, they even showed their last shots there too. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean Phil, dude. I mean he, you know, he smokes the Champions Tour field and then. You know, only finishes twenty nine shots back in this field. So, that uh, you know, I it'd be interesting to see it going in here in a couple of weeks, man. We got the Masters. I guess yeah. it's just two weeks. I mean, what, what does it start? The twelfth. Yeah, we have this weekend. Then we have the Houston. Then we have the Masters. We have All right. three tournaments from now. Basically, we will be Augusta. I can't wait for that. Two weeks from today, we'll be talking about Augusta. Yep, that's what's happening. That'll be so. big time. Yeah, I think we might have a third guest on that show. Just just throwing it out there. Let's do we it. Might, we might bring him back onto the show. But um, yeah, it was it was fun because I, I you know last weekend in Vegas, this weekend at Sherwood, these courses are awesome, like beautiful freaking courses. Yeah, they, like, they, they, the course look pure. They look beautiful, but man, our, talk about resort courses. Like yeah, <laughs> straight up, if you can find the fairway, you're gonna get birdies galore, like you're yep. saying. And we got one of those again this week, Jesse, at the. Bermuda Championship in Port Royal Golf Course in Southampton, Bermuda. Uh, we had one one event has been here for the Bermuda Championship. Would you like to give us some past event history? Yeah, sure. Brendan Todd won last year, twenty four under par, four shots over Harry Higgs. I mean, like how I didn't win all the money here last year is beyond me. But <laughs> I don't think we were quite on to Higgs just yet. I think he was still kind of a who is this guy? We haven't we we, we weren't fully embraced yet, I and we definitely like weren't on Todd yet. I, no. I remember this tournament and like yeah, looking at him true. like, what the that's fuck, true. Todd won? You know? Todd and Higgs are like full like AP staples now. <laughs> yeah, now, now, of course, but back then, no, not so much. Yeah, so that was it. The The leaderboard is kind of interesting, but it's because of this course, Port Royal Golf Course. It's a coastal resort course. That's why 2400 took things down. It's also, again, coastal. So remember, if it gets windy, things can change a little bit. And right now, if you watch the forecast, Friday afternoon looks 25-mile-an-hour gusts. You got twenty to twenty-five mile an hour throughout the weekend, so that could be a lot of fun if you have a you know good lineup set into the weekend. Could get a little hairy at times. It's supposed to rain uh, early in the week, Monday and Tuesday, so it could soften the course up even more. That's something to think about. And it's a short course, par 71, 6,828 yards. I think it's second shortest on the PGA Tour. Three par fives, all very very gettable. Uh, the par fours, uh, none of them go over four fifty. Eight of them are under four fifteen. They aren't drivable though because there's little things in the way or dog legs or something that makes it maybe Bryson could make them drivable, but most guys aren't driving these, but they will have short approaches in. And this, this type of course lets you know, like Scheffler was a top five guy. I think last year too, you can be a bomber or you can be a short guy like Todd, but hit it in the fairway and be just fine. As long as you have a good approach game, it's, it's where it's at. Bermuda greens about 11 on the stem, which is not that fast for pros. 
So it's a putting contest. Just keep it in the fairway, wedge it in. Whoever has the hot putter most likely takes this thing down. There's water on four holes. Um, the back nine, the par threes is where the yardage is. There's a couple of them over 220 yards, and that's 13 and 16 on the back nine. There's a par five, like 17, where there's water all along the left, but very gettable. So you'll kind of see at the finishing holes will make things quite interesting. But for the most part, short par fours, very gettable par fives, basically save par on your par threes and um, watch for the wind and the elevation changes on the golf course make it a little interesting, but overall pretty, pretty gettable. What stats are you looking at, Jesse? A lot of just your normal record, resort course stats. Um, there's a little bit of course history. You can wait that. I've got a very small weight on my Fantasy Labs model. Um, it is, I mean, pretty similar to just last week as far as the, you know, you, you want guys who hit obviously on the green and then uh, in the fairway. I mean, <laughs> you know, it's just birdie or better is definitely something you're going to want to. I was looking at talk about Brendan Todd here more in a little bit, but guess how many points he scored last year when he won this event? At 24 under par, 160. Scored 182 points. Oh, shnikes. Yeah. So, he, I mean, he's he made obviously a shit ton of – I mean, he shot 68, 63, 67, 62. So, he went low, and uh, he's going to – you know, I mean, basically, you're going to have to – <laughs> have something similar to that, I would imagine this year, unless, unless the wind picks up. I mean, if it's windy, I, I did see some wind forecasts. Um, you know, then it's just who can just keep it in play, and uh, you know, so it will adjust a little bit, maybe potentially closer to time. But for now, just looking at you know another birdie fest here. Yeah, as we Biden, record right, biding the time till the Masters. There you go. As we record right now on a Monday, it looks like a PM AM wave might have the advantage. But that could easily change. Yeah, that's so, what I was looking at. That's what I was thinking too when I saw that forecast. Yeah, so keep that in mind. That could be like a real big advantage on a birdie course. Um, FanshareSports.com, friend of the show, as always, use promo code Always Press for 20% off a package of your choice at FanshareSports.com. It is a little too early for them to have their stuff up, apparently. For uh, this has been a trend. We've been recording earlier and earlier. Fanshare Sports isn't ready for us, apparently. So, but I know that it usually pops up like an hour after we finish, it never fails. So go check out fansharesports.com. Get all the goods there. I like checking out recent form. I like checking out Bermuda or whatever putting surface. And I like checking out like on the course sizes. I think those are kind of fun ways to, uh, and they have a setting for coastal. So you can go check that out as well. So lots of things over there, but let's get into the brass tacks of this thing. Let's get into the DK scoring and prices are going to be fun, Jesse, because we have such a field, such a great field. Um, there's, there's fun golfers. Like I'm actually like, I'm okay with the tournament, but once we get past like 8K, Gets quite interesting. Um, 10K and above. Todd, defending champion, 11 1. And we've been playing him around 7K lately. Yeah. Uh, Zalatoris at 10 9. HB3 at 10 7. Doc Redman at 10 4. Emiliano Grio at 10 1. Where are you going up top? So, start. first of all, I'm surprised Bernard Todd's here. I guess it's just because he wants He's to be the only one title. from the Dozo. Only one. Really? I mean, it's, and it's quite the flight. To mm-hmm. come back all the way across the country out to Bermuda, um, but either way, at eleven one, you know, I, I, I mean, I hate that this is weird to say, but he is the class of the field. Um, <laughs> obviously, he won last year. Kind of went over his, you know, last year here he was seventy three hundred dollars. So, uh, quite the year for Mister Todd there. Um, you know, 
my model really likes Zalatoris, but am I going to pay $10,900 for a guy who has never won the PGA Tour? He's got to win at that price. I know he's played well of late. He did miss the cut to Sanderson's Farms. He finished fifth in the Shriners. A um, couple weeks off, whatever. I just don't know if I can pay 10900 for him. I think these next three guys are going to be the popular guys. Varner, you know, he'll get plenty of ownership. He's, you know, he's a popular guy to, just to begin with. Um, Doc Redman, another popular guy. I mean, I, I really just think it's it's Brendan Todd up here. I really don't want to be up here, to be honest with you, in this field, because I feel like these guys have to win to pay their price off. And what's more likely to happen, me fade these five guys and them not win, or one of these five guys win? You know, I mean, mm-hmm. so that's the way I would look at it. Yeah, they have to win, like you said, so it makes it tough. And in a field where I don't think stars and scrubs is the right word, it's kind of more like mediocre and scrubs. Um <laughs> It's tough because I don't. Like, I got a couple six K guys like I can you know stomach, but it's not like you don't want to put multiple ones in there if you don't have to. You really, you really don't want to. And if you go to Brendan Todd, it's either Todd to a bunch of seven K guys or you're gonna have to dip in there. And that's where it gets real interesting. Like, he's a great play because he's gonna keep it in the fairway. He's gonna do things that, that you want done. I think HV three is a phenomenal play. We've seen him get really hot at times. He's one of those guys that really feels like he's close to breaking through and getting that W. He always just has like one round where he seems like he just doesn't show up when he has a chance to do it. So I wouldn't be shocked if, if he puts one together here, he's playing great golf. Like I, I, I if anything, he'll make a ton of birdies and get you a ton of points, but it'd be nicer if he was like 9,700 instead of 10, seven. So it, it's tough, but if I'm going to play up here, I'll go HG three, but I'm with you kind of staying away from this range if possible. Nine uh, K range for me. You got, you got Hoffman at 97, McCarthy at 95, Stenson down to 93, Tringali's at 92, Christoph Ventura at 91, and Pete Malnati at 9,000. The guys you'd always expect in the 9K range here, Anthony <laughs> Um, What do you got here? Yeah, so, uh, I mean, I, Charlie Hoffman at 97 um, intrigues quite a bit. Not, I mean, coming off a, a missed cut at the Shriners, I think that cut was like, what was it, five or six under that week at the Shriners? Do you remember? Was, I think it was outlandish, and he shot – you know, around three under or something. So I mean, it's not like he played bad, but before that he was sixth, 14th. Yeah. I mean, at the Shriners, just what the he cut was, one, was. He was one, he was one under. He was, the cut was like six or seven. Oh, so he shot. So the, the, the 70, par, 71. par yeah. was 71. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, anyways, before that, Sanderson's farm sixth, uh, the last Island resort course they played at, he finished 14th. If you want to use that narrative, uh, Denny McCarthy will be popular. Um, he finished 15th here last year. He's just a popular guy in general. I won't play Henrik Stenson. Tringali is, is interesting at 9,200. 9, um, Come off a 19th place finish at the Shriners. 37th the week before that, Sanderson. Do I want to play, pay this much? No, but this is the world we live in. Mm-hmm. Ventura at forty uh, at, you know, at 91, finished 41st here last year. Coming off a miscut at the Shriners, but also before that he had four straight made cuts. Um, and then, man, Pete Malnati at at, yep. at nine thousand. He's uh, from a stats perspective, pretty you know far up the model. Uh, fifth and second in his last two starts. Yep. Um, three straight made cuts on tour. Did not play here last year. I'm, I'm kind of digging on some Pete this week. What about you? Yep, Pete's one of my guys. You know those at the Shriners. You said T five finished nineteen under twenty three birdies. At Sanderson finished second eighteen under twenty two birdies. Like he's doing things we want. Scored over hundred, basically 121 points. So he can go low, and he can also, you know, keep it in the fairway. 
I like him for 9K. I really do. It's a guy that he runs hot and cold. Small events like this can really get things going. So Malnati at 9K, I'm in on it. You know, obviously you want him to contend high in a GPP, but even if you want to use Corrales, he finished T41. He Like the weekend was bad, 71, 73 on the weekend. He was 69, 69 going into the weekend. So if he puts together a couple more rounds in the 60s, another round in double-digit under pars, we're talking about three straight, like probably top 10s. And that's how that's how close things can be at times. So Pete Malnati at 9K, I'm a big, big fan of at this one. If you're looking, you know, it's one of those things, like you mentioned, Christoph Ventura. I don't mind him at all in this field at 91 because a lot of these guys can be super volatile, but the volatile ones can also go super low. And that's what you're going to want. Like you, you want that peak and valley here. Um, like well, I'm going to talk about Stu, Stu Sink later. He's been going low lately, but usually we like to play him because he's just slow and steady. He's going to make the cut, make it work. A Christoph Ventura, like you mentioned, misses the cut of the Shriner. He was 500. He missed it by two strokes. Like 500 is a pretty damn good score. Like that's going to get you into the weekend. That did not that week. But uh, prior to that, you mentioned all the made cuts, T6 at Sanders and T7 at Safeway. It's 1,400 and 1,700 in those two events. So another guy that can go low. So Ventura at 91, I like him. Tringali at 92 is very interesting. So that's why I don't think you need to go into the 10K range. Uh, and Tringali will go low owned because people just don't like him because until recently he's been kind of a very annoying guy to play. Like he just has not figured it out. But in these types of birdie fests, the 3M Open, he played great. Missed the cut of the safe. have been Sanderson, Shriners. Finished pretty well there, so I don't mind Tringali at 92. And then McCarthy, I'm always a McCarthy guy. He's going to be popular, like you said, but and you, people will probably hear this term everywhere you listen to, but if you want to see a putting contest, give me Denny McCarthy, like one of the literally the best putter on the PGA Tour last year and this year. So McCarthy at 95, if he can just, you know, it's his iron play, his approach game is always a question mark. If he's putting it on, he's going to make putts. So 9,500 for McCarthy. Very strong as well. So it's 9K range. I like quite a bit. Like I could see myself, McCarthy, Malnati, Ventura, Malnati, starting out some lineups that way pretty easily. 8K range, Norlander, 89, Hogard, 88, Sue, 87, Wise, 86, Piercy, 85, List, 84, McNeely, 83, Willett, 82, Shank, 81, Perez, 8,000. A couple of guys I really like here. Who are you looking at? Yeah, um... Sort of top there, well, not toward toward the top. Justin, is it Sue? Shoe? I'm going with Sue. Um, it could be Suh, but I'm going with Sue. I'm going to call him Justin. There you uh, go. Eighth place at the Shriners, 14th, uh, Corrales. Shit ton of miscuts before that. Um, did not play here last year. Aaron, Aaron Wise, $8,600. Finished third here last year. He is extremely tilting. I mean, miscut 17th, miscut, 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 miscut. Miscut, 46th, miscut, 35th, miscut, 62nd. I mean, it's just absolutely up and down, but they finished third here last year. And I mean, you know, that it with not a whole lot else to go on, especially over the last couple of weeks. I mean, most of these guys, with the exception of Brendan Todd, like you said, haven't played. I mean, CJ Cup, Zozo, limited fields, these guys weren't playing. So Hopefully they were working on their game. Um, and then Mav McNeely at 8,300, uh, 35th here last year. Another guy who's up and down, miscut, 17th miscut in his last three starts. But, you know, at the price, I, I think I'm willing, especially in, in big GPPs, to take a, a chance on Mav McNeely, Mc, Mav McNeely this week. Um, are you playing Pat Perez? I can't. I wanted to. I really wanted to in a field like this. He looked like he was starting to figure it out, but then the last couple weeks, miscut at the Shriners. 500, though, close. Miscut at Sanderson's. Played well at Punta Cana, well at Safeway. So I don't hate it in a GPP, but I'm probably going to go elsewhere. 
I feel you. The guys I am going to look to play, um, Mr. Rasmus Hogard uh, from the Euro Tour. He's like 18 or 19 years old. He's like the next kind of uh, – um, I just totally skipped out. Um, Victor Hovland type player. He's from Denmark. Um, he's kind of a rough stretch. Missed the cut at the BMW. T48 at Scottish Open. Missed the cut at the U.S. Open. But then on the Euro Tour, T31, won the U.K. Championship, third at the English Championship, sixth at the English Open, second at the British Masters, sixth at the Omen Open. Like the dude's been balling out on the PGA Tour for a youngster like him. Could be interesting, especially if ownership's low at 8800 bucks. I like the Justin play, Justin Sue, at, at 8700 He's a guy that graduated or came in the class with Morikawa and all of them, and that's why he hasn't had, had as many chances to play because they took all of those exemptions. But this guy can can roll it, and we've seen it uh, take place of late. So Suet, 87, another guy I like quite a bit here. And the third guy is McNeely. I've always been a McNeely fan, a guy that can get hot and make birdies in bunches. Um, very tilting, like you said, lately. But um, I, I don't mind giving a shot on a McNeely at 8300 bucks on a course like this. Uh, definitely go there in a GPP. 75 to 79, you got Rogers, Sink, West Bryan, Stallings, Patty Harrington, RCB, Rusty Knox, Straka, Stewart, Vegas, Tom Lewis. You know, we just talked about a bunch of young guys. Now we kind of get back to the old school. What do you like here in the seventy-five to seventy-nine hundred dollars range? Let's start with West Bryan for me. I mean, twelfth miscut, thirty-first, twenty-first, twenty-fourth uh, in his last five starts. So four out of five made the cut. Um, finished inside the top twenty-five in three of those events. Pretty strong uh, for for him, especially at this price in this field. Scott Stallings at $7,800. He finished uh, 18th last week or last year. Sorry. Um, coming off a of miscut to Shriners. He's just a guy who like literally will make 15 birdies in a row and still somehow miss the cut. But he's, uh, he's just one. I mean, like he just shows up in random spots. He's GPP only obviously, but um, 7,800. I like him. I, I'm not a huge fan of this range. I mean, I think that there's plenty of dart throws that you could call out. Are you playing Patrick Rogers this week? Is it a Patrick Rogers week? No, I'm off him for a little while. Like he, he has those runs that look really good, but when he blows up, he blows up. Like it's been rough of late. So I could see if you're going like a max entering type thing, throwing some sprinkles in there, but I'm not going to go to Patrick Rogers. No, not for me. I got you. But where I will be looking is Stugoat at 7,900 bucks. Um, T64 at the Shriners, but then T12 at Sanderson, one at Safeway. So he's been able to score, uh, get the birdies going, which is what we're looking for here. So Stu goes at 79, and he's not like pressing himself. He's like takes a week or two off and then plays. He's, he's in Bermuda to relax. Like he's on his retired life. This is like resort courses are made for Stu Goat. Right. So I'll, I'll go that route. I love the West Bryan call at 78. You know, if you think of coastal courses, seaside courses, Sea Island, he's a Sea Island boy. So West Bryan at 78, I can definitely jump on board there. Um, Good guy finding fairways in iron play. So I like him a lot at 78. If it does get windy, and I know this is probably a lazy uh, cop out here, but he's finished T14, T40, T9 in his last three Euro Tour events. I think Patty Harrington's interesting at 77 if it is a windy situation because we know he can definitely play in the wind. So he's a GPP-only type interesting play at 77. And then Step Strzok at 76 can make a ton of birdies. Been doing that a lot lately, but we know how tilting step can get, especially listeners yes. of the show know how tilting step can get because he goes crazy and it's just like even okay. So he makes the cut of the Shriners 65 66, weekends 70 71. Misses the cut of <laughs> Patterson, Corrales 65 70 to make the cut 72 74. It's like, dude, come on now. So, um, but the guy can make a ton of birdies, so he's interesting at 76 as well. 7k to 7500. What are you looking at here? 
Uh, start with uh, Bramlin at 73. Um, 31st here last year. Three straight made cuts on tour. I mean, nothing special. 43rd, 44th, 41st. But, you know, at 7,300, um, you know, it is what it is. 7,200 Max Homa. I mean, you know, he, he didn't play here last year. He's made or missed two straight cuts. Uh, he's He's not played well in the last two, three months. Um, he did have a third at the 3M open way back in July, but just for me, the price versus like how good he can actually play. Doesn't make sense. A couple more guys kind of along the same lines are Kyle Stanley and Jason Duffner at 7,100. I mean, you know, their play, I, I'm, I'm guessing their recent form is kind of why they're down here. Duffner's missed two straight, two straight cuts. Um, but you know, that versus some of these guys up top, I mean, don't get me wrong. You know, it's it's Jason Duffner. He he has won a major championship, and Will Zalatoris has never won anything on the PJ Tour. You know what I'm saying? So like, it's just kind of one of those things where you. That's the way I, I approach some of these tournaments. Like some of these guys can wake up out of nowhere in these small, well, in these kind of uh, corn fairy esque tournaments. I always want to say lower class. I know it's just if, rude. If, if that think. makes sense, I mean. You know, it's just kind of the the. I know how good those two guys, those three guys, Homa, Stanley, and Duffner can play. You know, will they this week? I don't know, but I, like I'm willing to take a chance on them versus you know somebody like Doug Gim in the same range, or you know even Rob Oppenheim. I mean, like the, the, you're just like picking apart my plays right now. This is great. You know, I'm, uh, I'm sorry, but uh, I mean Oppenheim's not a terrible play by any stretch of the imagination. But I'm just kind of looking at yeah. price versus pedigree here, and I get you. That's kind of the way the way I'm approaching it in my mind, anyways. And Max Homa's been hanging out with the no laying up boys playing golf. He set a course record on a course in Florida over the last week, so maybe he's figuring it out. You never know. Just something to think about there. Uh, for me, in the seventy four hundred dollars range, I'm going with some current form guys, and one of them is Adam Lahiri at seventy four hundred, t thirty seven, t six, t thirty six. Since his fall swings kicked off, so he's playing some good golf uh, on the fall swing, making tons and tons of birdies. So Anabon is a guy I'm looking at. I like Bramlin at 73 as well. A guy I'm willing to take a chance on. So we've seen him play well. He finished second at, at Punta Cana. It's T6 at Sanderson. Missed the cut at the Shriners. He just kind of like ran out of gas. But Tyler McCumber at 7300 bucks is a guy we know can go low and make a lot of eagles. Those short par fives are going to be very gettable for all the field. But for like McCumber, there's going to be a lot of eagle chances there at $7,300. So I like him quite a bit in your GPPs. A few others, like deeper plays. Gim, I don't hate, not in love with, but I don't hate it. Uh, Cam Piercy, Percy at 7K is another guy. T8 at Punta Cana, T59, T23 is other two events this fall. Um, don't mind taking a chance on him at 7,000. He's kind of priced a little too low in this field. And I have been riding Rob Oppenheim like crazy. He's been a lot cheaper than 7K, so that might change things a little bit. But T27 at the Shriner, missed a cut at the Sanderson, T33, T36, and the other fall of his big heck. You've got T15 at Wyndham. That was a, a pretty good showing there from Mr. Oppenheim. So I don't mind him at 7,000. He's just a guy that it's a good thing we don't have a shot tracker this week. That's all I'm going to say because he will tilt your face off at times, but then he can go on birdie runs. That'll make you very happy. So 7K, not too shabby there as well. 6K range. Where are you digging deep? Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I think there's some plays down here. Uh, Hank Lebiota at uh, 6,800. Finished third here last year. Two straight made cuts on tour. Hudson Swafford at 6,800. Uh, you know, he, he won in the Dominican Republic 
what was it, roughly a month ago, then proceeded to miss the the next two cuts by shooting the exact same score, 75-71. Very odd, but, I mean, at 6,800, you know, obviously the guy has won on the tour multiple times. Um, David Hearn, 6,700, finished eighth here last year. You know, I mean, he's just one of those guys who just comes out of nowhere at times. Kelly Kraft, similar. He didn't play here last year, um, but has made two straight cuts on the PGA Tour. Uh, Bo, Ho- Bo Hogue, is it Hogue? Hoag? 11th here last year, two, three, three straight missed cuts on tour. So, I mean, that's kind of where we're at here. Josh Teeter, 6,400. Yeah, boy. Go ahead, and, go ahead and tout him a little bit. So, he finished 11th here last year. Um, has missed two straight cuts on tour, but you know, before that, made three straight. Uh, he, he, you know, he, he just shows up like at the Puerto Rico Open back in February when uh, Hovland buried a twenty-five footer or whatever to beat him. He finished second. So I, I don't know, maybe he just likes to be on islands. Good win player, hits it low. Uh, Brian Gay, sixty-three hundred, third here last year. Shit ton of his cuts in a row on tour. I mean, like just completely up and down. But I mean, if you're down here in the sixty-three hundred dollar range, you know, I don't know what you're doing really necessarily, but. Zach Sucher at 6,200 missed the cut here last year. Three straight missed cuts on tour. But, I mean, he can play better than what he has been. So, another guy just kind of thinking of in my head, like, you know, potential. He's got the potential to to play better than $6,200. So, it's kind of where I'm at. But yourself. Bo Hosser at 69. He's made four straight or five straight cuts, six of his last seven. On the fall swing, he's made all four cuts. T34 at the Shriners, T57 at Sanderson. T41 at Punta Cana and T23 at Safeway. I don't mind going to him at 69. Um, you mentioned Leviota. I'm actually a big fan of him even before I saw how he finished here last year. T44, T21, missed cut T42 in his last four events. Um, really, really a sneaky player at times on these short resort courses like Leviota at 68. Uh, Hearn at 67 I had down here as well. Ryan Brim was interesting to me. I'm not the biggest Brim fan, but um, – when you're looking at him, finished 51st here last year, but then 33rd, missed cut 35th, 31st, 54th. So if you can give me a 30th place finish at 65, we can do business together. I, I can live with that. So uh, I don't mind Brim at that price point. There's a couple others down here. Michael Gillick, or Glidgick at 6,500. Uh, T27 at Shiners, T37 at Sanderson, missed the cut at Punta Cana, T14 at Safeway. He's another guy. Um, tons of birdies in that club. So 6,500 with him. Putnam at 64 is interesting because um, we know he's a guy that can go really, really low. He's kind of in a funk right now. It's all or nothing with him. Another guy at $6,300, John Oda. He's T63 at the Shriners, T40 at Safeway. Kind of gets in on sponsors exemptions. $6,300. Don't hate it as a, a long shot type dart. And the other guy after $6,300, Rain Gibson. Uh, T21 at Corrales, 73rd at Safeway. Missed the cut at the Wyndham, 60 at the Barracuda. He only gets in, in certain fields, like 45th at Rocket Mortgage, 27th in Puerto Rico. So he's not playing in the big boy fields, but when he gets in there, usually Birdie Fest makes the cut. See what happens there. So a uh, $6,300 ring, Gibson. I don't hate that either, but uh, I prefer Oda in that range. I prefer not to be down there, to be <laughs> tell you the truth, if I can pick my poison in that respect. All right, 10K and above, who's your number one guy? Brendan Todd. Yeah, it's hard not to go there. I'll go HV3 to be a little different. Uh, 9K, who's your number one? Malnati. Yeah, I'm going to go Malnati too. It's going to get scary. We're gonna, on the Malnati train. What a world we live in. Uh, <laughs> 8K range, who's your top guy? Uh, it's, it's Justin. 
Yep, I'm with, I'm with you on Justin too. Since you took Justin, I'll take uh, I'll take McNeely. Uh, Seventy five hundred above. Give me one. West Bryan. Yeah, I'm gonna have to stick with you. And we're having a lot of the same plays, so this will be a fun week. Seven um, <laughs> K to seventy four hundred. Who's your number one? Bramlett. I'll go McCumber. Six um, K range. Give me two. Libiota and uh, that second one is tough. I'll say Hudson Swafford. I'll go Hostler and Glitchick. I do like Lebiota quite a bit, though. If you're starting out a cash game lineup this week, you probably have uh, problems and you really like uh, spending money on PGA <laughs> DFS. But where would you be starting your cash game builds? I mean, I think uh, you know Wes Bryan is 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 cash viable. Um, you know, I would probably put somebody in there like McCarthy uh, as well. I mean, see, at least about eighty-one there. Yeah, I mean it's it's gonna be really difficult to be comfortable with cash this week. Uh but yeah, I don't know who my third option would be there. I started with Malmati, Sink, and Brian. I like so that. Yeah. You can add, I, you, I can can add see Ma- that. you can add McCarthy to that. I have it right here. You still have seventy nine hundred dollars left over for two more spots. You could probably make something work there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh if you're starting out a GPP, where are you starting things out at? Um, I, I mean, I, I like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm obviously very, uh, GPP minded to begin with, but, uh, Malnati, uh, and, uh, Justin, mm-hmm. Sue, <laughs> and then some, somebody like Aaron Wise. I mean, I know that's kind of in all in the three same range, but it leaves you about 7,900 left. So yeah, don't, don't think you have to spend all your money this week. I was talking, I can't remember who I was talking to, yeah. Carl Marks on Twitter, if you look at events lately, especially these birdie fests, that not the Zozos of the world and everything, but the birdie fest. Other than that, the winning lineups, like optimal lineups, are like sixty three to sixty four grand. Sometimes, like literally, no one in their right mind is going to leave you know five to seven grand on the table. But if you have a few grand out there, like don't think you have to spend it. Like, yeah, really no, I was I was actually thinking that too before we you know as I was kind of prepping for this. You know, I mean, leaving a couple thousand on the table is not a terrible idea. Yeah, if you just want to live like in the seven to like mall naughty range. It's not the worst thing. Like right. it, really, it really wouldn't be that bad. Um, if I'm starting at a GPP, I put HV3 in there because we're going to have money to spend. But Sue and McCumber were the other two guys. I, I just have McCumber's either going to tilt me off or, or he's going to play really well because he he can score a ton. But if he's a stray, could get interesting. But for seventy three hundred dollars, he's a guy I really really want to take my chances with in GPP, knowing it could end early on Friday. But uh, the upside's there. So who you got winning this thing? Because there's a lot of value to be had in a field like this. Yeah, I mean, Will Zaltoris though is is the eleven to one. eleven to one. I mean, <laughs> he's ahead of Brendan Todd, Good a guy that's Lord. won like multiple times in the last calendar year. Yeah, um, I mean Malnati at forty, mm-hmm. don't hate it. Uh, somebody like Kyle Stanley at eighty, um, Homa at eighty as well. Uh, I think there's you know plenty of shots down there. Toward the bottom, not not a huge fan of the of the mid range here, but um, you know Hoffman at thirty three, I can see that. If you want to know exactly how bad McCumber's pricing is, he's fifty to one, but he's priced at seventy three hundred dollars. He's priced with the upper sevens, low eights guys. So there he goes. It's similar to to Bubba last week, who yep played pretty well. Fourth uh, because I did not roster him in my one lineup, <laughs> and we're all going to roster him at the Masters, and we'll know how that ends. Yeah, so yeah, it's all going to happen. But the home price at 80 to, 80 to 1, I think, is pretty nice because 
eventually that form's going to come back. You want the freaking Wells Fargo. Like that right. is not an easy golf course. That is yeah. a very difficult golf course. So I, I wouldn't be shocked there. Your boy Kira next year, but he's playing some funky golf. So that that's a tough one to jump in on. But I like the home and prize. I like McCumber at 50 to one if we're talking longer shot guys. Um, man, you could really take some chance. Like Bryce Garnett won in Punta Cana. I'm not saying he's going to win here, but that's the kind of things these you're going to have some long shots that are going to pay off. Like Stewie's up to 40 to one now. That's hilarious. Yeah. Absolutely hilarious. Um, yeah, I, I'd stick with McCumber or Homa at their price points. You know, Will Gordon's there. We didn't talk about him at all. I guess we're still tilted off of that guy. But um, would he be surprised if he went low? Probably not. Like he's been doing that a few times now. Scotty Harrington's another in- interesting one. He finished pretty high here last year. He's won 50 to one. Even if you want to take like a top 10 on him or a top 20, get some good numbers on that probably. Um, again, I say it every week, but w- with these birdie fests, I wouldn't mind picking like six guys down here in T20 and I'm going to see what happens. Like you could make your money back pretty easily that way, I think. So, yeah. That'd be my way to approach it. But any final thoughts this week for the Bermuda Championship? I don't. Let's get past this week and then one more week and then the Masters. Houston's going to get interesting because a lot of guys might decide they want to play now because of their recent form. So it's going to be really – the field might be a little better than we expected it to be, I think. Oh, it'll be much better than this week, that's for sure. Because, like, there's rumors. I don't think he will, but the way he played this last weekend, Tiger's heavily considering playing it. Yeah, I mean – I'm not going to play him in draft games. I'm not, but it'd be fun to watch him. I'll tell you that much. Phil, Phil's, Phil's deciding between Houston, where he plays usually every year, or going to Phoenix to play in his, his third senior event. He, he's trying to decide on that one still. So it'll be fun. It'll be fun to see some guys like I, like this tournament would have been so much better if like Lanto and Higgs and those guys would have come back. Yeah, I'm surprised Higgs isn't playing myself. With all the guys from the Zozo. Todd's the only guy from the Zozo coming down here. Yeah, it's, I guess you know, it's a Higgs long ride. So. Higgs is living that, you know, big bottle of Tito's life, not the small bottle anymore. Like he's just living the good life. So doesn't need to go to Bermuda anymore. I'm with you. Made plenty of money <laughs> the last couple of weeks, that's for sure. Yeah, he's, he's good. He's going to take a week off, go to Houston. But uh, that'll wrap it up for the week, everybody. You can check Jesse out on Twitter at DFS Golf Gods. The podcast at Always Press DFS. I'm at BDNTrick. If you give a rate and review on iTunes, we'd really, really appreciate it. But until next time, this was your Always Pressing PGA DFS podcast previewing the Bermuda Championship. Catch you guys later. Anybody ever